Hey there, I'm so excited to tell you about Radiotopia's newest show, The Recipe with Kenji and Deb. Kenji and Deb are two of the best home cooks alive. J. Kenji Lopez-Alt of The Food Lab and The Walk, and Deb Perlman of Smitten Kitchen. Two of my go-tos to make sure I'm getting the perfect recipe for everything from meatballs to muffins. They're pros who obsess over techniques and essential ingredients, so you learn everything you need to create your perfect recipe. You can finally be excited to eat what you make, and maybe even impress your friends and family. Help us welcome the newest show to the Radiotopia family. Find The Recipe with Kenji and Deb on your favorite podcast platform starting February 26th. Radiotopia. From PRX. Have you ever heard of the game Telephone? The game Telephone? Uh, Is it a board game? No, it's it's like a at a kid's party. Do they um, dress up like telephones? No, it's uh, like, I don't know, seven or eight kids will sit in a circle. Okay. And the first one will whisper something to the next kid. And then that kid will whisper to the next kid. Mm-hmm. And usually because somebody hears something wrong, by the end, it's a different message. Just sort of like gets okay. gets lost as it translates from one to the other. And that's that's a game? Yeah. And that... They like it. That's it's fun. It's funny when I describe it. It doesn't sound. It doesn't sound fun. Well, not not to me. It sounds sounds frustrating. I'm Michael. I'm a I'm a phone booth. This is everything is alive. I'm Ian Chillock. I'm sort of old school. I still have a hinged doors in the front. Michael, the phone booth, is played by Michael Kostroff. There's. I hope it's okay to say there's definitely fewer of no, yeah, you. I'm a realist. Yeah, there are fewer of us. That's, there's, no, there's no question about it. No point in denying it. Everything's Alive is a proud member of Radiotopia from PRX. Julie Shapiro, executive producer. You know, we used to be sort of one on just about every corner. And, um, you know, times change. That's the reality. You could be upset about it or you can accept it. That's just life. So tell me about um, tell me about your street, sort of where you are in the world. Well, I'm I'm uh, I'm in New York City. I'm on the Upper West Side. It's a great neighborhood. Uh-huh. A lot of dogs, uh, which I love watching, and uh, there are some great smells from the restaurants uh, uh-huh. up here. They're really really good smells. Um, I don't know, of course, what it's like to 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 eat. But uh, I just enjoy the, the aromas. It's it's uh, it's a wealth, and and, the, and the people watching. It's the best. I mean, I've always been here, so I can't really compare it to other neighborhoods. But uh, I think I, I think I have the best corner. <laughs> I just do. Yeah. I was I was looking. I was doing a little research, and you know there are a few thousand uh, payphones in New York. But um, wow, are there that many? Yeah. Hmm. But that's kind of uh, cool. Phone booths like yourself, only four remain yeah. in Manhattan. You're one of four. Yeah, I kind of sense that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, I have a pretty good view from my corner. I, you know, I've seen seen a lot of things change. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, there's a guy Floyd who used to be on the opposite corner, and yeah, he's he, he they took about a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, Floyd was the payphone. Yeah. The phone booth. Yeah. Can Can I ask you what it was like to watch Floyd get taken away? You know, I I just think this is it's better than it used to be is the is the reality because uh, 
it used to be that when we were taken out, that was, you know, we would get smashed and put in a pile somewhere. I mean, you hear stories, you know, a garbage pile or, or dumped in the river. And, you know, now we have, you know, we're reincarnated. Uh, we have come back as all kinds of things, you know, which I think is great. Mm -hmm. I, I, every time I see, like, you know, something made out of metal or plastic, I, you know, I always wonder if that's part of Floyd. You know, that's what I hope happens when I'm done. What, when you think about being something else, what's something you, you like? I'm... <laughs> Kind of embarrassed to tell you this because it's sort of sacrilegious, but I, I'd kind of like to come back as like about a hundred cell phones. You know, there's sort of a rivalry. We don't necessarily like the cell phones. It's a whole different experience. Sure, but like, kind of the symphony of conversations that would go on, like the things I could hear. You know, it's no secret I'm not as active as I used to be, and and I, I think that would be so cool to be. Uh, part of just talking again. I was thinking about um, about the difference between the way you operate and the way a cell phone operates. Yeah, it's very um, different. Because so much of when I'm using a cell phone, I'm not, a, I'm not actually talking on it. I'm using it because it's, you know, a computer, basically. Right. So, and I think a lot of people are the same way. What do you think it would feel like to be stared at the way a person stares at their phone? Wow. I think that would be really weird. You know, you know, in our heyday, mostly people barely looked at us to put the coins in and they make the call and, you know, you're just sort of a, a witness. And uh, I think that would be really weird. Can we try it, actually? See what it's like? Okay. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to I'm not going to make a call. Okay. I'm just going to stare at you the way I would stare at a cell phone and you can describe what it feels like. Okay. We'll do that for a minute. You ready? Yeah. It it it, it it's already weird. Like I'm very aware right now of my buttons. You should be pushing something. It feels like it's, it feels like it's been already a minute. <sighs> now I'm thinking about the last call that was made on me. I'm trying to relive that and replay it in my mind. Hmm. <sighs> I can't believe it hasn't been a minute yet. Hello? Hey, is this Pepper? Yes, it is. So, Pepper, I, I wanted to ask you about the, uh, the payphone thing, if that's okay. Yes, sir. The payphone project. I, I'll let you tell the story, but my understanding is the year is 1990. You're working at Beckett Baseball Card Monthly. You're a big baseball fan. There's no way to get real-time baseball scores, what did you do? I had a column uh, called Backpage, and um, I asked readers to send me payphone numbers from the stadiums in their area, and there was two rules. One is that it had to be a payphone, 
and it had to have a clear sight of the scoreboard. In other words, looking down a tunnel from the concession stand or, you know, glancing out over a wall onto the scoreboard. And so anybody could call any of those numbers and somebody would pick up the phone, ask them what the score was, and then you would know your favorite team score. Wow. So did you, did you try it out once, once you had these numbers? Yes, I called them all. How, how many times out of 10 would somebody pick up, would you say? I'd say nine and a half times out of 10. Because really? you're talking about a crowded stadium, there's either going to be an usher standing there or some, and, and the payphones were always uh, situated in places that were, you know, near bathrooms or near concession stands. And so there's also always somebody there. And usually they'd just be standing in line, pick up the phone. Sometimes they'd say hello, sometimes they wouldn't, but then you just ask the question, what's the score? And you had an immediate score. Were people ever like, what are, what is happening here? Yes. Were people? <laughs> I mean, they'd ask, you know, how'd you get this number, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, I mean, I had an infatuation with payphones from before this because I used to use it to um, find out what the weather was where I was going to go play golf. So I started collecting these payphone numbers from various convenience stores around the Dallas area and, you know, rest stops on the highway. And so I wouldn't drive 45 minutes over across town to go play golf or whatever when it was already had rain there. So you would just, you would, you would call the payphone at a gas station and whoever picked up, you would just ask them the weather. Yeah. Has it rained yet? Well, <laughs> <laughs> when you live in a large metropolitan area, you know, it takes a while to get across town and you, you know, you don't want to waste your time for that or a baseball game. Yeah. Did, uh, did any of, when you made these calls, you know, would you get the names and other information about the people you were talking to, like get to know them at all or? No, because it's kind of like two ships passing in the night, you know, you would probably never get the same person twice. And that was, that was part of the allure of it because you never knew who was going to pick up. And, uh, I was even on the receiving end of one call at, at the Ranger stadium, Texas Rangers, because we're here in Dallas. And I was walking back from the bathroom and I heard the phone ring and I picked it up and some kid asked me, what's the score? You know, I, wow. I didn't have the heart to tell him that I was the guy, you know, and, <laughs> and all this, but I gave him the score. I went back and told my wife who was at her seat and she goes, you've got to be kidding. Michael, I want to ask you about something because I I like talking on the phone and uh, I often find even with somebody I know very well, it's hard to end the conversation. Oh, yeah. That is so true. Yeah. So true. I hear people say, so anyway, it's like they're trying to dance around it. They yeah. don't want to hurt the other person's feelings. Yeah. People really worry about like offending each other. Yeah. We actually have a protocol for that, believe it or not. There was, there was, um, you know, in the original phone books. Do you know phone books? They yeah, were, yeah. They, they used to have a big book with all the numbers in it. Sure. It was, you know, right inside the booth, and um, they had instructions because, you know, at the beginning, not everybody knew how to use a payphone. And believe it or not, at one point, it was a new thing, the payphone. You know, and uh, and so you open the first page, and you know, how to use a payphone, and they give all the instructions and uh, what you're supposed to do. When you're finished talking, is just say, 
that is all. Click. <laughs> it seems sort of rude now. It sounds like it would be rude. Yeah. That is all. Click. <laughs> I mean, they wouldn't say click. I'm just doing the impersonation of what it would sound like. Actually, there's something nice about that, actually. It's, you know, like if it was a standard thing, it would, right. you, feelings wouldn't be hurt, maybe. Well, I think, you know, there's something to be said for that. Like if you knew that when somebody said, that is all, you wouldn't have to negotiate your way around it. You'd say, I guess we're done. Now, I don't know if the other person has to say that is all. If it's like, I love you, where when somebody says it. You're supposed to it, say, I love you back, yeah. yeah. Ooh, if you don't, that's the longest silence you'll ever hear on a phone. Definitely wouldn't want to say that is all after somebody says I love you. <laughs> no. Were there were there other? Th- I'm just curious. Were there other things in the instructions in that first? Phone well, book? it told you say hello. Okay, which sure. We we do that without even thinking about it. Yeah. Now it's our, yeah. our standard greeting. It's funny to think about being nervous about getting that right. About getting hello right. Yeah. Well, but it wasn't always the it wasn't always the way people greeted each other. Uh, it's it's because of Thomas Edison. Thomas Edison wanted that to be the standard greeting, you know, on, uh, on a phone call. Uh-huh. Uh, Alexander Graham Bell hated that idea. The guy who created the phone. Yeah. He wanted people to say ahoy, <laughs> like they do, uh, you know, in, in, uh, in, 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 on ships. Ahoy. Can you imagine? So Alexander Graham Bell wanted the standard way to answer the phone to be yeah. ahoy. Can you imagine, like, you call somebody up and they go, they go ahoy. It's kind of fun. <laughs> it would be, you know. It would be a whole different thing. Michael, you talked earlier about uh, how you like people watching. Yeah. I think you're in kind of an ideal situation for that because you also, you know, you also get to do people listening, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I can't, you know, we're not allowed to name names. That's just part of our code. Mm. But I can tell you, I have heard crimes committed. I've heard people making arrangements to have rendezvous with people they weren't married to. And I've heard people in dire pain and also fantastic celebrations, like the best moment of their lives. Hmm. And people talk about everything, you know? I think one of the most amazing things I ever heard, I, a long time ago, this woman stepped into the booth and she didn't pick up the receiver. And she was all alone. She didn't have a cell phone. This was before cell phones. And she was just talking like she, I don't know if she was praying, but she was sort of just, just, just saying, please, please let this work out. Please let it work out. You know, please let it be okay. And uh, we were like a confessional, like a private booth, Yeah, you know. You even kind of look like that. You're you're a booth. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, well, we do, you know, the, the old joke is it's a calling. We always say, you know, being a phone is a calling, but it is a calling. I, you know, we don't cut people off if they're, you know, saying something we don't like. We just sit there and listen. That's the job. Yeah. <laughs> it's really a big, big feeling, you know, and I, 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 I'm not going to lie. I miss doing it on a regular basis. I really do, you know. It occurs to me that you and I are talking right now, and there are people listening to us right now on their phones, many of them. Yeah. And all of those people and all those phones could just as easily actually call you 
and hear from you directly. Yeah. So what if right now we just we ended this episode and I gave your phone number and people could call you and you could say whatever you want. You know, it's funny. I I uh I don't really know if I work <laughs> anymore. Um wow. I'm a little nervous about it <laughs> to be honest. Uh but I feel like I, I still feel like I'm I'm working. I feel like I'm working. Well, let, let's go for it. Let's see if I have a dial tone. Hey, there it is. I knew I was still ticking. <laughs> I love that sound. That's great. It's making me feel young again. <laughs> it really is. All right. Well, here we go, I guess. Okay. Um, I should say your number is 929-552-3950. Yeah. You are not toll-free, we should say. I don't know what happens if people call you from overseas. Uh, Caller beware, but your number again, 929-552-3950. Anybody listening, you can call that number, and Michael, you can tell them whatever you want. Uh, one more time, the number is 929-552-3950. And uh, yeah, I guess, Michael, I'll see you on the other side. <laughs>